I'm Andrew Faust, Permaculture Perspectives. I'm here with Mark Krawcheck. We've been teaching a permaculture class here in New York City. And we started talking about conservation work and town planning and different ways that we can bring some more long-term quality of life dimensions into the landscapes where we're living. And Mark was starting to share a little about some of what's unique about Vermont and some of their planning processes, and I thought it'd be a topic that people might find interesting to think about. So let's pick it up from there and talk about So in Vermont, they have what you were calling... Town Meeting Day is the name of the holiday. And it's once uh, a year? Yeah, it's once annually, and it's, the I believe, the first or second Tuesday of March. And this is from, like, the early days of statehood or whatever. It's a, a relict of like the old forms of participatory democracy essentially and I believe New Hampshire has some equivalent that still you know persists. Mm-hmm. But I don't think public schools have off on town meeting day necessarily. Some might. I know that the University of Vermont like no classes on town meeting day. So mm-hmm. it's recognized mm-hmm. as a state holiday. It doesn't mean people don't work or anything but the idea is that, you know, it's your opportunity in your town to go and participate in the decision-making processes for the coming year. Um, often this relates directly to budget. budget. And, like, in my town, we receive a very detailed town report in the mail. It's probably a 60-, 80-page document that lists, like, line items for, you know, all the expenses as they were projected for the year, what they ended up being, and what the previous year was. So you have some metrics for, you know, Making how the town is, yeah, is, right. is uh, you know, cataloging costs and how it's keeping up with what's happened in the past. And then there'll be a number of ballot items that are, you know, up for, in some cases, debate, because the true town meeting... Um, Generally, there's discussion held around each ballot initiative, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity for everyone to kind of voice opinions and have a discussion. And I believe the typical format for those is that there's a, a voice vote on each item, mm-hmm. yay or nay, and mm-hmm. you know, based on the volume of participation, they decide whether or not it passes. And there's a whole protocol that gets into some, it seems like antiquated language sometimes, the way they kind of frame the process, and I don't even fully understand some of the steps and, and vagaries that can happen. Yeah. In my town, we have a meeting on the Monday night where it's open for discussion of each item, and then the following day, they have what's they call the voting by Australian ballot, which is basically just a ballot where you enter like yes or no. Do we want to, um, or do we agree to the allocation of funds for these projects or, right. or whatever it might be? And so this past year, the only thing that it was something you would never think would be at all contentious was uh, a question as to whether or not the town should establish a conservation fund. And what apparently happened was that as developers approached the town select board, 
about some project, they usually enter into some type of negotiations because, you know, there may be, there's projected impacts that are going to happen because of this development or, yeah. you know, what, the solar's been a big issue, solar development in our area as well, so... Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the town doesn't have the power to like stop the project, or they would have to basically take that development to court, which mm-hmm. means they're going to spend our town, you know, general fund tax dollars fighting development, and they could conceivably lose the court case and mm-hmm. lose the money too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, what happens is they, you know, they work out a deal, and mm-hmm. apparently, in this case. Um, I don't know if it was offered as an option or the developers offered this up. Like if the, if the town said, hey, how about, you know, we do it under these terms and you, you contribute, it was $6,000 to a conservation fund mm-hmm. for the town mm-hmm. that would be established for conservation projects, which the idea itself began to grow apparently. It was like, well, we don't have, how is this fund administered and to what types of projects does it support? The answer at that point is we don't know because we don't have a conservation fund. We'd form a committee that is going to then decide how these funds will be allocated and you know what the, the protocol will be in the future. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a fund, we don't have a place to put this $6,000 and otherwise it's just going to end up in the general pool of money in the town. It could be earmarked for conservation projects, but it seems better to have it in this other location so there's a place for this to happen potentially in the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seemed, right. seemed like yeah. a, a good healthy thing for the town they've right. got this money we got, but of course this democracy this is participant so, so well it seems like you're putting the cart before the horse to establish a fund before you have the committee deciding how the money is going to get spent that's someone's criticism uh-huh. someone else yeah I agree with that like how do we know that this where did this money come from? Like what's, And so it starts to devolve into this yeah. whole discussion. Yeah. Someone proposes an amendment <laughs> to the thing that the money will be held in a special account but will not be, no decisions will be made on how the money is going to be spent until the committee is formed, at which point we'll reconvene you know, the following year mm-hmm. with another referendum on the ballot to decide if we agree... And it started to turn into this whole layered thing where all they really wanted was just to establish a bank account that was like town conservation money. Right. And right. Uh, so it was just, we were kind of talking about the, the pitfalls and perils sometimes of oh, working through the system yeah. Yeah. to enact like, you know, good intentioned initiatives. Yeah. And in this yeah. case, it was like they had this money. It it's either going to get lost in the, you know, the cost of doing business at the town, yeah. or it's going to be set aside for some conservation-based project if they were able to maybe protect, you know, a, a portion of a parcel against being developed, or they're mm-hmm. able to, you mm-hmm. know, teach some programming in the school or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's dedicated to that purpose, but people were worried about the lack of clarity about exactly how it was going to get spent so they didn't want it, you know. Right, right. And I can see validity in both sides, but at the same time, I'm like, let's just make the fun. Like, start fun. Why is this a crazy item? Right. But that does seem like that is what democracy is ultimately, is that you're going to get some... You 
enough people could vote against or you know disagree with that and vote for the original thing, but it's crazy how easily it can get sidetracked, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. derailed, or you know completely diffused. And it is interesting, also that piece of how developers have this sort of innate power to influence what happens because of the way the actual planning boards and people who are trying to give some structure to what happens in an area are really beholden unto the legal clout of these development firms that can come into an area and I think a lot of people don't realize that, that planning boards are actually up against it when it comes to the legal rights to be able to have your say, there's really, the deck is stacked for the developers and it's against actually the planners and the planning board because they have to have a lot of things in order in order to be able to keep some free enterprise endeavor just landing in their neighborhood and doing whatever they want to do without, you know, having to stay within a certain realm of constraints. It's, you know, it's, it's a challenging scenario for sure. It is because one of the things that started to emerge in the discussion was that people like longtime residents of the town, apparently who didn't understand some of these facets of like the inner workings of like the development review board and the planning commission. Yeah seem to be like suddenly astonished at the fact that it kind of sounds like the town is being kind of bought by developers that basically you can move in and offer what you're willing to and end up getting what you want yeah and uh it kind of blew my mind that people didn't know that that's kind of the way that things usually work yeah to some degree (laughs) but i guess i mean it must have to be in compliance with the basic zoning regs Or if not, get a you'd be able to see that, yeah, exactly, they received a variance or it was mm-hmm. just, there was an oversight generally or the, uh, um, you know, exemption that was made for that. Right. But, um, you know, we, the last time we did one of these, I think, the um, permaculture perspectives was talking about that, de- that um, energy. energy development. Yeah. yeah, it was basically going to be a high voltage um DC to AC transfer station or conversion station yeah. where they were um, basically trying to step up the voltage of power that was generated in the Adirondacks wind power and Hydro-Quebec um, hydropower from, from Quebec um, and it was going to be like our town was a strategic location to build this massive transfer yeah, station yeah exactly uh-huh. and uh, you know they kept you know, on the town's end, it was like there wasn't a lot they could do to fight it. It sounded like, I'm sure if they really wanted to, they could have, mm-hmm. but it would have been a legal battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so instead, they were kind of looking to how they could have the deal sweetened for the town, so that the fire department was going to get a new building and new fire engines. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to pay in, I forgot how many millions of dollars over you know 20 years. Uh, into the town budget but it was crazy because it wasn't there was some some it, they weren't going to have to because they, it wasn't like a full time residence 
they were going to have to pay into the school budget, which is like two-thirds of the total tax burden for the town. So this project, despite all the, the cost that, you know, was associated with it, yeah. it wasn't having to, like, contribute that to... to School tax. Yeah, the majority of our of our liabilities as taxpayers in the town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. It's it it. And it's, are they building it? No, they because they didn't. That was the company's called Ambaric that um, had basically pitched that bid to. I think it was Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, all of which were looking to meet their. Uh, renewable energy, you know, baseline, yeah. you know, requirements for right. by twenty twenty five or whatever it is that they need twenty percent of their power, or mm-hmm. whatever. And so another company got like won that bid for that project. So I don't know where that power is coming from or how it's being transmitted. Because there was the whole Northern Pass thing that was going to bring power, I think, from Canada through New Hampshire. That was similarly very controversial, even more so, I think, controversial. And apparently, that was voted down, like by the state. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. how I thought it went down. The, is state, the state rejected, you know, the the developer's desire to build this northern pass, like power line, conduit, yeah. whatever it was. I don't. I think it. I don't think it was gas. I think it was electricity. Uh huh. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of these things that are all happening, moving, you know, renewable energy from rural areas to the more, more populated, populated urban centers. Yeah. Yeah. But so the conservation fund did pass in our town. Uh-huh. Enough. We had a majority of people that were like, yes, let's just make a conservation fund and not... <laughs> worry about all the minutiae of what the committee to be determined you know it's it literally was a what to do first do you have the committee first but then there's no money so right or do you make a fund that the committee gets to think about what to do yeah yeah that was town that was that was the extent of the excitement town meeting day 2018 (laughs) in New Haven Vermont yeah and um, what was going to carry 400 megawatts that, line, that transmission line, line was uh-huh. going to carry 400 megawatts of power but they were saying when they built it they what their proposal was with that was that they ran two parallel lines capable because they were going to bury the line it was going to be buried under Lake Champlain or like laid along the bottom of Lake Champlain a good right. length of the line uh-huh. and the costs for them most of the costs is in digging the trench and burying it it wasn't like it was a negligible increase in like the project cost to add to run two lines parallel to each other mm-hmm. so that if they ever needed to or wanted to they could double to 800 megawatts uh-huh. what they're transmitting right and that was a big issue that a bunch of people were like well wait so it's only going to be 400 megawatts mm-hmm. but you might double it yeah like why would it be there if you're not potentially going to do that and what are those implications yeah and um, one of the implications I think even with just the 400 megawatts of transmission was that the the state electric company who own and manage the the actual transmission lines the main um 
would have most likely had to upgrade their whole transmission system from that point on because suddenly it's got this huge new influx of power. Mm-hmm. And that becomes then an expense not borne by the company bringing in the 400 megawatts, but the, the ratepayers of yeah. the Vermont Electric Company. Right. So suddenly they bring that in and we're going no longer from like big, you know, high voltage but wooden poles to like the crazy big metal yeah things where the right of way has got to get that much bigger and they've they're scaling the whole thing up